Hello and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news and analysis and debate Monday to Friday, just in time for your daily commute. I'm Jules Boyle and joining me today is our own Adam Miller. On the pod today we take a look at the life and career of Rangers legend Fernando Rickson who sadly passed away today at the age of 43. The news that Partick Thistle have parted company with manager Gary Caldwell and we're going to take a wee preview look at tomorrow night's Europa League games with Celtic and Rangers. First up, we have taken the time to pay our respects to Fernando Rickson, who lost his long battle with motor neuron disease today at the far too young age of 43. Rickson joined Rangers in 2000, and by 2001 under Alex McLeish, he helped cut the team to a League and Cup double in his, uh, that season. Following the season, an outstanding performer as the Light Blues went one better when the domestic treble, and Rickson again played in both Cup finals. 2004-2005 was another campaign that to remember. He was named captain and uh, in January of 2005, following injury to Stefan Kloss. Um, he got the armband, he added goals to his game, he became Rangers Player of the Year that year and he was joint SPFA Player of the Year with John Hartson. Um, it was Captain Year Rangers turned around a deficit to steal the title for under Celtic Nodies in the day that we called Helicopter Sunday as well and he got to recall lifting that trophy as the best day of his life. After joining Advocate again over at Zenit when he left Rangers, Rickson would wind his career down his first cub for Tuna Sitard when he announced that he'd been diagnosed with motor neuron disease. He'd fight the disease that he played in the pitch for a combination of strength, bravery and sheer determination and he passed away early this morning, aged only 43. Uh, Adam, um, what's your memories of Fernando Rickson? Well, obviously it's absolutely tragic news. Um, the thing about Fernando Rickson, when you think of him as a player, you think of a guy that was combative, feisty, relentless, just full of energy. And that's why it's, it's impossible to imagine how difficult it must have been for him to endure an illness that robbed him of his independence. You think about just the, the nature of the guy that he was. It's just unbearably cruel that the last few years of his life were spent the way that they were. Um, as a player, he was the kind of epitome of the sort of guy that fans absolutely love because of the passion that he has for the team, but also the rival fans love to hate. But I think it's a sort of testament to the way that he's handled himself in the last few years and the, the way that he's sort of endured the, the disease that those same fans who spent years booing him and seeing him as a kind of uh, a, an enemy on the pitch have paid, you know, paid tribute and, you know, grown to respect the guy because he's really handled himself with so much dignity um, in terms of the way that he was on the pitch and even off it as well he's exactly the kind of character that you want in the game and in many ways sort of feels a bit in this sort of sanitised modern football era like almost a throwback you know he was throwing himself into every tackle, picking up red cards squaring up to opponents, enjoying himself off the pitch as well and giving, you know, if you, if you read whether it was during his illness or during his playing days, if you read that, an interview with Fernando Rickson or a quote from Fernando Rickson, you know that that's not sanitised. It's not the kind of, uh, you know, well, you know, we, you know, we'll go back to the training pitch on Monday and the gaffer says this. We'll give it hundred percent. We'll give it hundred <laughs> percent. It was always Fernando Rickson. Yeah, for better or worse, yeah. unfiltered. Yeah, and that's the kind of guy that honesty and that. Um, you know, that, that level of enthusiasm and personality, that's the kind of thing that sticks in people's minds. Yeah. Um, but it's really important as well when we're, we're talking about, you know, that he was a sort of colourful character and all that kind of thing. And we'll, we'll read plenty of people saying that kind of thing over the next few days. And that's absolutely true. And it's definitely worth talking about. It's important to remember as well, it shouldn't get lost. The guy could really play, right? Managers wouldn't have put up with that sort of unpredictability that he had if he wasn't a talented guy. So, 
his achievements back that up. So he was capped 12 times for a very strong Holland side. And you could see even as he sort of endured his illness, the, 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 the players, Rangers and Holland players, that were sort of lining up to support the guy, that showed the impression that he'd made both as a player and as a person. But you look, 12 caps for that Holland side. He won the UEFA Cup. He won the Super Cup. He won two Scottish titles as well as Cups, domestic Cups. Uh, he won a Russian title as well. And of course, as you said earlier, he captained Rangers to some very, very it's a very, very big moments in their history. Um, so not just uh, not just a kind of colourful and uh, memorable personality, but also a really, really good player. And uh, my hope is that over the next few days, while people pay respect to them and write obituaries and share their memories of the guy, that the calibre of footballer that he was doesn't get lost in the mix when we're talking about the kind of guy that he was. Yeah, I and, think... On you oh, go, sorry. Sorry, yeah, I think I think it's one of those things you can see. The, the, whenever anyone gets ill in these sort of situations, obviously people come out and they respect what they're doing and there's a lot of outpouring of love and attention for him and that sort of thing. But you can see the sort of player he was and what he meant to both sides of fans in Absolutely. Glasgow yeah. because the Rangers fans adored him. I've sort of adored him. The Celtic fans hated him. Yeah. Like, and that's not a bad thing to say we're talking no, football no, terms. They hate it. The Celtic fans hate him. But only because because of how he played in the pitch. As I see, if mm-hmm. he was completely ineffectual, yeah, you would no, nobody would hate him. Do you know what I mean? He'd be a figure of fun. He'd be some donkey that you go, oh, mm-hmm. he's an absolute that. But it wasn't. You could hate him because he was an extremely good player who caused Celtic no end of problems. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was always that sort of thing. And that's the thing. And now I think you see most Celtic fans, if not all Celtic fans, paying respect and paying the tribute because he was. An adversary, he was a foe, he was a guy mm-hmm. who stood up to Celtic and fought at a time when it was like a lot of battles between the two teams mm-hmm. and he, he was one of those players and you have to see, you see that outpouring of respect more mm-hmm. than anything, respect for how he was as a player um, on the pitch or what he did there and respect for how he's handled what is a, one of the most horrific illnesses you can see. Um, obviously, Celtic fans know it well, um, if, if not for personal reasons, from Jimmy Johnson. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody watched him go through that and the horror that was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of the most debilitating things. And I think you touched on it, especially for play, for a football player, you'd imagine somebody whose entire life has been built about physical activity and of movement. Course, yeah. And he, I saw a lot of people talk about Rickson in recent months, his, his former players that he played with, his friends. And one of the things that kept coming back was how he never stopped moving. He was constantly mm-hmm. moving. He was always up to stuff. Half the time it was absolute mischief and mayhem. He was always pranking up these sort of things. Yeah. But on the pitch, off the pitch, he never stopped. He was always very energetic and active. Mm-hmm. For us, so I did these like this. It must have been absolute torture for him and been locked in that. But he was still doing it. He was still out. He was still making public appearance up to very, very recently. Yeah. Um, he was still raising money. He was still, he was still active and doing things. And that's a testament again. And you can see it's the same personality that was on the pitch. It might, he might mm-hmm. have been trapped in that body and, and pain, but it was that guy that never gave up, fought, never stopped moving. And I think that's that's the, the best tribute you can see is everyone coming together and seeing the respect of not only a player, but a, a man who was a warrior at both times. Absolutely. It's a, it's a testament to the guy he was on and off the pitch. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's an unimaginably cruel disease but he handled it with strength and dignity, dignity and that's that exactly. was that's a really big thing that's come through and i think i've, I've mentioned it earlier i think it's going to be an inspiration to a lot of people the way that he did handle it um also i mean the the significant funds i think i, I have no idea what the sort of figures were but clearly from the amount of appearances that he made in his last few years at these charity events clearly raised quite a lot of money uh-huh. for mnd for the fight against yep. uh, mnd and i think I think regardless of what he was like 
on the pitch and what he was like off the pitch, both of which are going to rightly deserve a lot of attention. I think the way that he spent those last few years, not just not just accepting, well, this is my fate and I'm just going to sit in this bed, yeah. you know, yeah. until the end. The fact that he was up until, as you said, a couple, a couple of months ago. Not that long at all, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Still making these appearances yeah. and doing, you know, doing everything that he could in that sort of short period that he must have known he had left yeah. to just keep raising funds for this absolutely unimaginable disease. Yeah. And as you said, I think it's a testament to the regard in, in which he was held that you've got fans across Scottish football, not just Rangers, paying tribute. I've actually, um, if we've got a couple of minutes for it, yeah. I've actually just kind of looked at a few uh, the sort of standout comments that I'd seen on Twitter, absolutely just uh, from people talking yeah. about it. And this is kind of from across the spectrum. Cat uh, Harvey uh, she she was talking about a time with Fernando Rickson. She said, I sat with him at a charity dinner years ago. Nobody was bidding for one item. So he put his hand up and bid £2,000 to get a hand-crotched quilt. He smiled politely, then turned and whispered, what is a quilt? <laughs> 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 uh, his, his campaigning for MND has been inspirational, RIP. Uh, there's a Celtic fan account called Celts Are Here. It said, uh, and it kind of, backs up what you were saying before it says r.i.p fernando rickson we enjoyed booing you in a jers top and we think you loved every second of it because he thrived on that totally thrived yeah, on it's one of those players you could tell do you know I mean? yeah and they've, they've said nothing but respect for you and how you dealt with your illness god bless uh an important one this was uh, mnd scotland we are deeply saddened to hear that fernando rickson has lost his courageous battle with motor neuron disease fernando's bravery in sharing both his shocking diagnosis and his life with mnd has been inspirational. Um, Martin Waghorn, former Rangers player, he said, RIP Fernando Rickson, I was lucky enough to meet you and see what a true fighter you were. So it wasn't just players that he'd played with, mm-hmm. it was players that came to Rangers, learnt about what was happening with Fernando and, you know, as as Martin Waghorn said, he was lucky enough to meet him there and he obviously made an impression on him. FC Zenit, who he won that UEFA Cup and Super yeah. Cup with, uh, they said, we're deeply saddened to hear of the passing of our former player, Fernando Rickson. He battled bravely against motor neuron disease right until the end and we're all thinking of him and his family at this difficult time. And the, the last one that I picked up on, just again to show you the sort of spectrum of, uh, you know, respect for him from across Scottish football, just an Aberdeen fan and obviously... Again, Rangers and Aberdeen, no love lost. And Fernando Rickson yes. had some feisty games against Certainly Aberdeen. Yeah. Uh, at Red Tom 1903, he said, Seeing a young man suffering from such a horrible illness has been awful. Regardless of which team we support, Fernando Rickson has shown dignity and determination in the face of adversity, which should gain the greatest of respect. You're at peace now. I think there's there's you could go on all day with the, the tributes. Twitter's yeah. been full of very, very touching and appropriate kind of comments. And it shows that people can put rivalry to one side and, yeah. say, and you know, acknowledge a man who was a, an incredibly cliched thing to say, but a larger than life character. He yeah. really lived his life to the fullest off the pitch. He made a huge impression on the pitch. He earned respect of his players, his fans uh, and his rivals. And uh, I think we just have to pay a lot of respect to Fernando Rickson and the legacy he leaves behind. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yep. I repeat Fernando. Yep. Cheers for that, Adam. No okay, so we'll move on um, to more uh, mundane matters, shall we say, football, just the actual, yep. the, re- the regular game. 
Um, in Scottish football today, there's a, the, obviously the news that, um, well, news that surprised nobody, I think, part of this have announced that they've terminated Gary Caldwell's contract with immediate effect. Mm-hmm. Um, former Celtic captain guided the club all the way to the second bottom of the championship and perhaps worse, alienated the fans in quite a big way. Yeah. Um, I think that Chris Dolan testimonial the other night was a good litmus test about yes, the general feelings absolutely, were. Absolutely. And it really wasn't good and possibly that might have been the final straw, <laughs> very possibly, but I mean, you had to go, didn't you? Yeah, it's been on the cards for a while, but Ages. I think uh, the frustration for Thistle fans was this is going to happen, but yeah. when's it going when to happen? Gone, How yeah. long does it have to drag on yeah. for? Um, I think it's probably a feeling that maybe Hearts fans are <laughs> familiar with at the moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Thistle fans had been waiting for a while. Uh, the reaction I've seen so far online has been pretty it's universal. Jubilant, isn't it? Yeah. Pre- pretty much. Uh, I think for a general flavour of um, the reaction... <laughs> Uh, Ray Bradshaw, a very funny guy, uh, stand-up comedian, he said, Gary Caldwell has been sacked and I reckon I'll have a stoner for the next 48 hours, <laughs> which is a slightly tamer way of yes. saying what you'd say Thistle <laughs> fans were doing uh, when we were talking about this up the stairs. Yes. But, um, uh, true yeah, though. <laughs> it, is, it, it is true. Um, I, I, I believe you were talking about them per- per- Sex, sexually gratifying themselves and, 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 and yeah, a, a, yeah, a certain and, state of mentality yes yeah okay that's probably as, as safe as we can <laughs> as safe as we can go with that uh, so yeah um, three defeats two draws in the first five games of the season of the championship of the championship yeah. and this is part of this so we're talking ah, about yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. only five last last season only five points off the bottom at the end yeah. of the team they may they you know you look at that league table and they're sitting sixth and that looks relatively comfortable but uh-huh. it really really wasn't no it was not. very touch and go it was a really tight table at, and yeah for a, a team like that i mean they did pull out the death dive towards the end but yeah. even that wasn't good enough shouldn't, I mean, shouldn't have to be, shouldn't doing, be that. doing that yeah and uh considering fans would have been expecting a kind of push for promotion yeah, last season yeah. you know uh-huh. um like you mentioned before uh Doolin looms large in all this, I think. Uh, given you know, there was so much uh, coverage, it wouldn't be when people when Thistle fans were talking about the the Doolin testimonial at the weekend. So much of the comments about Doolin were kind of bound up in when are we getting the Caldwell out announcement, uh, yeah. um, and the handling of Doolin's departure was a real sticking point, understandably for a lot of fans. I think the fact. It was very, very Partick Thistle, the fact that Doolin ended up scoring for Air United in a win over Thistle a few weeks ago. That certainly, <laughs> certainly reinforced things. But I think uh-huh. that was a, I think that was a real turning point for a lot of people. Yeah. The, the regard that, I mean, you could see at the weekend the regard that Chris Doolin's held and he's yeah. an absolute club legend. Totally. And to see just the way that that fizzled out, the way he yeah, left the club. The way it, it was just, handled was horrendous. Yeah, it really left a sore taste. Yeah. Um, already it had been, the, 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 the fans had turned already. Yeah. The results had they turned already everything was yeah. going the wrong direction and then to do that to a guy like Chris Dillon yeah. I mean, a guy who is, is, is adored at that club as anyone has ever been at, you know it's you know, maybe, you know, yeah. maybe just under the Lambie level do you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's that level of stuff I think that at that moment you thought right that's it done it's over and done but they've taken that long to deal with it I think mm-hmm. that's the issue do you know what I mean that's the issue for fans yeah. that's been coming that's been coming unless he went on a run where they were like you know Five for five, and they're flying up the table, and they're going to be promoted. Maybe, even then, maybe, but it, it was gone. And yeah. the fact they've taken so long is just kind of baffling. Yeah, 
Um, there's been other things as well with Caldwell. Yeah. There's that whole bizarre situation with the WhatsApp chat where the players were asked to pick, pick the, own team. the team for Queen of the South. <laughs> and then, then we'll see which one grasses it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, sort of, the, the thing that's sort of uh, that's almost frustrating when you're trying to tell that story is the fact that Thistle actually went out and won that game. It would yeah. have been, it would have been <laughs> a, an easier sort of charge to level at them if they'd gone out and got pumped, but they actually totally. did go and win the game. But, <laughs> whoever, won, um, whoever won the team picking lottery. Exactly. <laughs> get that guy again, Philly. Yeah. Oh, that was Chris Dillon. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> but there's been like obviously the last for quite, quite a while with this so there's been a sort of general air of despondency and now there's today clearly quite a bit of optimism the likelihood the name that just keeps popping up is Kenny Miller obviously it must um, of course yeah. at, the, at the very least he's going to be caretaking um, yeah. at the very least but do you think he'd be the, the man to take it on full time I well whether it whether it's the right or the wrong decision mm. I think def, it's definitely plausible <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah I think yeah. I think uh, He'll almost certainly be in, I would imagine, as the caretaker. And uh, if he even shows any sort of sign of improvement, I think uh-huh. they'll. I think they'll. Pro- they're probably looking to make yeah. that permanent. Yeah. I don't have any inside info, but I would imagine uh-huh. that Kenny Miller has to be like the big favourite for it at the moment. Do you think his arrivals kind of um, precipitated the the easier push of Colbert off the gangplank? <laughs> Possibly. I mean, uh, I, I think with I think with Kenny Miller, when you're bringing a guy like that into the squad, um, you're not just going. We're we're bringing in the guaranteed goals of yeah, Kenny Miller. Uh-huh. He's an outsized personality in a dressing room, yep. Kenny Miller, as we've seen. Um, and I think if they were thinking long term and going, well, this Caldwell thing doesn't look like it's panning out, but we're not making a decision on it just yet. They're probably thinking, regard, you know, whether he steps up to a managerial role or not. He is an a, an experienced, experienced guy hand. that can, yeah. you know, that when you've got younger guys in the dressing room going through that sort of tumultuous period where a manager gets sacked or resigns or whatever, um, you need big, yeah. experienced people in the dressing room. And I, I think that's what Kenny Miller will give them. Um, whether it will work out for him managerially, I don't think we've seen enough from Kenny Miller uh, in that department yeah, that we can uh-huh. say with any confidence that that's the, a great solution for Thistle. But it almost certainly is the next solution anyway. Um so yeah, I'd be very shocked if it's not Kenny Miller. Yeah, me too. I think so definitely. Well, I think we'll see it the weekend. I think I'll be a sort of guide on where it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll be stunned um, if it doesn't become Miller at the end. Unless they do another WhatsApp chat and just ask them to pick the next match. <laughs> <Totally. laughs> just use the side lads. It'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, we're well, moving on. Uh, we'll just do a wee quick sort of round up as well. Obviously, it's Europa League action time tomorrow night again. Um, Celtic have got Wren and Rangers have got Feyenoord. Um So the, the Celtic game is first, it's an early kickoff. Celtic are away. Um, French side are currently nestled in the second place in League One and they've already um, beaten PSG. Mm-hmm. Um, although Neymar wasn't playing that night, but again, it's, you know, there's plenty of decent players in the team. Um, but the Sins lost a home, t- home tight in Nice and drawn the Brittany Derby with rivals Brest as well. But they are second. They're second yeah. in League One. Um, they have lost some good, some of the good players. But they're setting in, in, in League yeah. One at this event. I mean, how, you know, how do you think Celtic have gone here? It's an away game as well, obviously. Not to be too Charlie Nicholas about it. But, <laughs> oh, um, what, what are you sitting there thinking? Just tell c- us. Yeah. Celtic <laughs> are capable of getting uh-huh. a result, right? Yes. But I think it's the kind of game, if Celtic go over there and don't get embarrassed, I think Neil Lennon can, not, I, I don't want to say write it off, because uh-huh. he'll be going out to get a result in yes. that game, obviously, yeah, right? Yeah, but so. if Celtic come away from there with a 1 or a 2-0 defeat, uh-huh. I think 
I don't think anyone's going to be sounding any alarms. It's not a game that Celtic are expected to go over no. and win. So I think uh, Neil Lennon will try and be pragmatic in his approach to the game. Um, and if Celtic come away with even a draw, I think Lennon would be absolutely delighted. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I th- to be honest, I think a point away from home um, in the Europa League is a result anyway. Yeah. And against a team like Ren, who where they are at the moment, it's even more. So obviously a win is more ideal, yeah. but I don't think anybody's going to be you know, coming back with a point and thinking, oh, damn. Do you no. know what I mean? I think that's there. So, yeah, it's doable. I it's mean, doable. You know, but as we say a lot, um, we say in Europe, you know, it's doable. <laughs> it's, it's doable. doable. <laughs> oh, what's, yeah. what's happened here? So, yeah, so it's certainly doable. Also doable, uh, Rangers have got Feyenoord at home. Yep. That's doable in both directions again, though, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's, a, it's an intriguing one. That um, I think Rangers are obviously capable of winning that game. Yeah. You could see in the, the, the Legia the Warsaw game the that European atmosphere. I mean, regard you, you leave out the issues about fans uh, not being, you know, 3,000 fans not being able to attend a Legia game. Leave that aspect of it. There was a real noise about Ibrox that night, and I think there's a relish among Rangers fans for the return of these big European nights. And I think I can see the atmosphere being quite impressive tomorrow night. Uh, In terms of their performance, the Rangers are going to have to lift themselves because the Celtic game obviously was a huge, huge... Not, I don't want to say turning point at this stage in the season, but I don't think anyone expected Rangers to be outplayed the way that they were against Celtic. They got back to you know winning ways against Levy, but it wasn't necessarily the most convincing performance. The most important thing for Gerrard was obviously that they just got back to winning games. But I think Rangers really need to raise the level of performance that they had against Livingston if they're going to... I, I could see that possibly being a draw, um, mm. but Rangers are definitely capable of winning it. They just need to really up their game from the from the from uh, the slightly kind of tepid performance against yeah. Libby. Yeah, definitely. Um to be honest, I can see both the games being a draw. Um yeah. I could e- easily see that happen. But it is European football and, and you never know. Yeah. You never know. Um any predictions score wise either? Okay. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um right I always get you on the on the spot with these things. Right. Uh two one Ren. Okay. And one each Rangers final. Interesting. I was going to go with one each both games. Right, okay. But if I'm going to go with anything like that, I can see Rangers maybe squeezing in a wee 2 1. Right, okay. Alrighty, that's all for us here at Football Scotland for today. We'll be back tomorrow before 4 pm just in time to make your daily work commute that a little bit more bearable. You can get more fuzz at the Football Scotland website, on our social media channels, on Facebook and Twitter at football underscore Scott. To ask a question or make a comment to us individually, you can get me on at captain underscore Howdy and Adam on at Old Firm Facts 1. Until tomorrow, thanks for listening. 